Lat B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to Lat B MMA Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Emmanuel, coming in with the hostess, with the mostess, Chaney, on the board, getting us into what we got. Coming up this week, another fight card. Jessica I versus Cavillo is on the tip of our tongues. But we got a little bit to get through as far as Twitter verse, MMA verse. How have you been since we last met on the pay per view after the uh, fights at the round table? Doing all right, doing all right, hanging in there. Feel like uh, it's so, life feels slow a little bit, but time feels fast. Does that make sense? Like, totally. <laughs> we're in a warp. We're in a time we're warp. What am I doing the time warp? <laughs> it's a little bit. I don't know any other words of that. I, I don't like, know it either. Let's do the time warp again. I have no idea either, but I know I'm supposed to dance. So. Looking at this as a main event on a fight card. You better get to work on Fight Island. We are running out of American. Yes, uh, Queen. Yes. Yas. <laughs> Fight Island. Yas Island is in Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm so bummed it's not in the Virgin Islands or something. Ah, I wanted to be again, I'm on the you get that on a boat. You get that on a tanker. Get it on a SS. Oh, I thought you were on the Epstein Island. <laughs> as well. As well as the Epstein Island. Either one of those, so but I just wanted to be closer, like some totally. opportunity. I'm never going to go to Which, Dubai. Which, it kind of makes sense when they were trying to get Habib to go hang out in Dubai when he first fell out of that Tony thing, remember? He was going to wait for mm. Tony in Dubai. That seems like a little foreknowledge, doesn't it? Well, now that we got look back at it, so mm. interesting Dana facts. Dana has friends in high places. <laughs> Definitely a good amount of money that they're making in the side there. And What else has been going on? I heard uh, Joshua and Fury signed a two-fight deal. That's awesome. I would love to see that. That's more in the boxing combat sports realm. And is it news? Yeah, I'm going to watch those. Probably end up using those those streaming. the fight we've always been waiting on? Joshua Fury. Yes. Oh, that is a new one. I'm thinking Wilder just because we've already seen that. But that one's coming up as well because they got a rematch clause, I'm sure. So. Well, no... No, I don't think uh, Dante Wilder will ever fight Fury again. Oh, I thought no, he called in the clause and he was like, yeah, I'll take that fight. And they got X amount of time before it happens. Oh, I thought it already happened. I thought the time No, they're one in one. A draw. No, but I thought the time maybe oh, passed. I don't know. I didn't read six the whole months. article. But Joshua um, and Fury have a two-fight deal. Cool. So we'll get to definitely finally see that. That's definitely streamable. Yeah. And then if Fury <laughs> wins, does it make him the greatest of all time boxer? It's definitely been as contentious as the UFC pound for pound yeah, rankings you can't lately. Argue it. It's just the greatest of that time. Of Maybe course. we should take away greatest of all time and just do the greatest of that time. Well, that's the whole conflict that's been going on in the Twitterverse after Amanda Nunes destroyed Felicia Spencer for an entire five rounds, getting 10 8 rounds, multiple in a row there. It was just absolutely lopsided. But of course, the best of all time is now has a men's and women's division. And how do you specifically feel about that? Should there be, or should it just be one? Gosh, you know what? Uh, 
There should just be one. Okay, okay. Because I don't understand the point of having two. Um, but the difference is dominant. Amanda's the most dominant. We can't just go with record for any of the champions except John Jones. You could also go with John Jones domination, but the asterisk has to take away of something. And it's the internal fight, even like Muhammad Ali or Tyson. Or, exactly. You know, it's the internal argument, but there has to be something about every single female champion or anyone that's ever been known as any female anything with the exception of Ioana Janjacek, uh, Amanda's finished them. And that that's the most dominant like she is really the deadliest woman on the planet we've been here we have to be careful i'm just so no no, no i don't after. mean that she i wouldn't <laughs> say like just because you're the goat doesn't mean you could fight a dude but she's like the deadliest woman on the planet and would and has proven it True. that she's the deadliest it's chris cyborg um when people are like you know she took out misha t i love friggin misha t i think she brought like it's almost like if you take those you got chris cyborg she was like the best woman striker of all time you got uh ronda rousey like she was this judoka you you got Misha Tate, she was the wrestler. You got uh, Valentina Shevchenko, you know, she was like this Muay Thai, like well-rounded. Like she kind of taken out all these specialty people and how, how she's the most dominant. And so she's checked all the boxes, different weight classes. There isn't a male goat that can put up whatever his check boxes are next to hers and say, but look what I did. Sure. At times, there hasn't been runs as long as Amanda Noon's. I don't think that I could necessarily agree with it. I think there should be two divisions just because, unless we get a unisex bout, which I'm for. No, I don't think they'd have to ever fight each other. <laughs> I mean because for that. If you're talking about, like, it's the same as talking about if Muhammad Ali and uh, sure, George at the Foreman, time during would, this competition. Yeah, and so you're just like, if you could put John Jones in a 145-pound woman body or Amanda sure. Nunes in a 205-pound male body, like, if you could really argue it with that, I would still take Amanda Nunes. Wow. Just because she's clean. She's done everything right. She's she checks all the boxes. Everything she's right. changed weight. She's defended both her titles. Sure. Like, I just feel like I agree uh, for women, 100%. But it's just in the infancy stages as far as what's going to what, happen in the careers exactly. for women. And what I also think for you a little bit is, is she the most skilled if you were to take, um, like, uh, actually well, the knowledge of what John Jones knows wrestling-wise, strike-wise? Um, no way. There's no way she'd check as many boxes. But is she the most skilled in comparison to her competition? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hands, hands down. down. So, so it's like, it is a hard thing um, to cross over. To do, but in the you can only go with who they're going up against. Right, like their competition still, Yeah, so it's The easy. women who get in front of her regardless. Yeah, and so it's whoever, but even in the men's, if you talk about Cejudo versus John Jones, you can only go by who stands in front of them on how great they actually great point. are. Great point. So, yeah, you got Betch Gohea in your division. You know, you got my respect for the rest of your life. And how do we know Amanda Nunes is the GOAT if she hasn't fought Betch Gohea? Great point. <laughs> Don't do that to my girl though or, right now. You know, for that or Roxanne Montefiore. Ooh, well, Roxy, I know Roxy someone who, at 125, right? I don't want to put her in harm. I believe she is definitely, but they'll both take that fight for the for pay per view shares. Okay. Don't you think when <laughs> they'll get Felicia Spencer in there 
Yeah, for and, that picture. and this is the other thing too, where I know for a lot of the men is when you look at the dudes they've gone against, it's like um, better than Felicia Spencer you know as far as names concerned but Felicia Spencer I think that's even a testament to how badass Amanda Nunes is is Felicia Spencer is a bad bitch yeah, absolutely and Amanda Nunes made her look her, like a second rate sparring partner her seventh eighth fight ever pro wow. MMA fight ever yeah she was in deep water it's why those million dollars came in and it was easy money in hindsight but Oh. But I think there could just be, they'll, we'll never know a real goat. So I think um, Amanda's name should be in a conversation in there. And it with hands men, down it is. In there with men yeah, of that conversation always in a way that not every lady deserves. Um, I would agree with that. And, you know, even Ronda Rousey, I feel like if Ronda would have come back with a little humble or just talked to us in the press afterward instead of just, if she would have come back, even if she lost again, we know she had fights that she could have won easily still in that division. Mm -hmm. um, won a couple, lost a couple. I think she could have walked away in a way that everyone always wanted to see a Ronda fight. They still would have always thought Ronda. I think her, what she did emotionally to us affected herness, but I don't think... Her legacy, had she played it all out, would have been that of GOAT status. You know what I mean? Whereas right. Amanda, she's done everything right. Her losses were at the beginning, you know, and she stayed in, you know, D.C. Like, maybe his loss to Stipe got him out of those talks or whatever. But right. I don't know. I just so, I, I think she should be, because it's so hard to be in the GOAT status, and I would say it's 99.9% .9 men. I think she should be in those talks. Oh, I That's totally why. That's why agree. I don't think it should be separated. I don't think every woman should be in those talks by any means, but Amanda's special. She's the lioness. She is the lioness. I talk shit, but... She's going to be a mama lioness soon enough. Nina, again, looking all sorts of thick out there for you. She's going to move up to 145 once she's done with this kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were saying, though, Stipe Cormier, is that officially on the books? Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying, like... No, 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 but oh. I believe it is on the books. Oh, shit. I did not know that. I believe I it broke earlier uh, this week that they had officially agreed to that bout coming up. I'm seeing if I can get verification here. You, yeah. Usman Dorino. Or, yeah. That one's also officially Gilbert unofficial. Correct. Okay. Do you think that they, I guess they offered the fight to Moss at all. And we talked about this a little in the fights of the round table. That it's not because they haven't offered the fight to other people. Right. No one wants that fight with Usman. Well, they're all retired as far as I'm concerned. So, good luck <laughs> going on to Benator, uh, Bellator. Of course they're going to come back. They're all going to renegotiate and end up getting uh, definitely more money than what they had before. Because there's no way it goes down after something like this. It only goes up. So, they will all have to do that. But it is official August 15th per Dana White. It is going to be DC Miocic free pay-per-view. Oh, I was so wrong about that. I was hoping DC was cutting down for John Jones' DC3. So So it will be DC's last fight. As he's on a fight-to-fight basis. If they've been giving him enough money, he will fight Amanda Nunes for the pound-for-pound belt. <laughs> Do you think um, Amanda has more um, talk about being in the GOAT conversation than DC? 
Got to. No, she has blood. Yes, because her reign has been by far more shut out. Yeah, Even though there's insane. the weight division changes. I heard, too, afterward um, that she regularly spars with men in, like... Oh, I believe that. <laughs> like, but... A 125-er, um, get Benavidez in there, and he will have a run for his money. No, I think her sparring partners, and uh, I hear she K- KOs people on the reg. Absolutely. Would you spar with Amanda Noon? If you pay me enough money, hell yeah. Would you just do it for free to say you sparred with Amanda Noon? Fuck. Yeah, probably, but I'm I'm gonna be like I'm gonna take some Advil beforehand. Are you gonna really like you're? Because don't you think she'd be like, we're gonna go as hard as you want to go? Oh no! If we do that, then I'll spar all day because I have always been a very patient. <coughs> you know how to? Yeah, do I'm, it, we're not though. there to knock each other out. That's for competition yeah. time. Like, why why are we gonna kill each other in the gym? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Don't fully extend on the arm bar and the knee bar. Why? It, we got to go to the hospital yeah. and you're just being a dick. Yeah, why ruin it for everyone? Right, right. Dude, in competition, hey, until the ref stops you. That's a, that's competition, yeah. though. That's where you paid money to get a medal around your neck. You better get that medal around your neck. Totes. So, we have one of the best cards of the year in line. 11 card bout. It's all over the place. The one of the best cards of the year? Some people have said oh. online. I can't confirm nor deny who's been saying it. This but. is not the first bite of the night. <laughs> the headliner. This is the headliner. Jessica Evil Eye, World Winnings Federation's mascot, I believe, over there at WWF. Again, Cynthia Cavillo, the alpha male standout. Is she still at alpha male? I thought everybody left there. I think that she had some sort of dispute. I haven't verified where she's at specifically right now, but I do think it's alpha male. But I didn't look at her background too much because I just, yeah, there was so many undercard guys that were being switched around that I had to do just other tape studies. So we'll get there when we get there. It's a fun one. We always start from the bottom to the top. And this one goes off with a dirty, a d- d- double debut. One of the first oh. of the for the while in these COVID times, they bringing in Anthony Ivy, who was going to fight Ian Heinish. A week ago at 185 pounds, the 6'2 Aquaman is coming in against younger 28-year-old Christian Aguilera, the beast. Aguilera is coming out of California, Total MMA Studios. Definitely had a 13-6 and six career, a short-notice guy who they had on standby. Ivy's getting the call just because they wanted to make this card a bit juicier for all the mega fans out there. And... Aguilera tends to get dropped a bit. His hands are a little bit low. He has a good gas tank, will wrestle, really can put a grind on people, but he eats a lot of shots. A lot of wins or losses he's had is because he's been dropped, not necessarily knocked out all the time, even though that's his mode, his apparandi of going out, is he goes out. Or he'll submit you. He'll even get some ground and pound finishes on you in there. But Aguilera is just kind of a move forward and... Home kind of Homer Simpson defense. He does have good head movement and a good left hook into some shots. Against Ivy, the size here, Ivy is 8-2. His regional fights that I got to see were definitely against low-level guys that after the first two minutes of any fight, both guys were gassing. And the slight ground advantage would go to Ivy with his wrestling. A little more advantageous here. Uh, 
The weight cut, I gotta worry about a guy who's so tall, especially on such short notice. He did have a bit more advanced notice, but it was a weight class up. He is tall enough. He's definitely looks... I'm gonna be surprised at weigh-ins. I gotta see what happens with him. Aguilera is more the size at five foot nine, more like that five eight range. More of the cardio guy here. I think Aguilera can turn it into a grimy fight and win a decision here. But if it doesn't, and it's a knockout, it's going to likely be Aguilera. I got Ivy knockout round number one. I got to wait for weigh-ins to see what he looks like when he weighs in. But I think I got to have exposure to either one of these guys on DraftKings because I see a finish. I don't see this going uh, to a crazy decision because if Aguilera starts to pull away in that second round, he's going to finish it because Ivy wilts heavy in here. This is a disgusting fight. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. Should be a big fat stay away, but I feel like these fights have been on my top cards, cashing and DraftKings, because they are scoring. One guy scoring 125 points in Gutierrez. Yeah, that's quite different than these two guys. True, there's a lot more tape there. <laughs> yeah. But they but their finish potential is where I'm getting at with this potential bout. Is there it is skewed. And again, the lines haven't been updated for a lot of these fights that have fallen out recently that I know. Look well, at how at. how dare the UFC. I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt for our screen here. I was like, oh, we'll go to this fight and I'll give them the nice display on our screen of the UFC. And look at, they don't even put the pictures up of the dudes. <laughs> That's so shitty. Yeah, it's all short um, notice. I'm going to go with IBKO round one because that seems to be the consensus of everybody on Tapology. Um, but I'm going to stay far, far away from this fight. I don't know. What about on DraftKings? I'm going to stay far away from it on DraftKings. Okay, on Ivy, minus 190, so almost a 2-1 to one favorite there. On DraftKings, he's going to end up being 9,000 even against Aguilera, 7,200. The plus 165 underdog there. I actually like Aguilera as the play a little bit more. He does seem to have a little bit more volume. 9,000 for somebody debuting like this. Big fat stayaway is probably the right call. <laughs> then we move on to the next bout at a hundred and forty-five pounds. We have two returning fighters with Jordan Griffin coming in against Derek Mina. I want to say minor, but it's like Mina. It's like Mana. It's something definitely uh, from the Nebraska region of the country. So Derek Mina in here is twenty-four and eleven. Last losing to Grant Dawson off of three months ago. I believe about somewhat of a short notice replacement. Week, their name, I heard it, and, and it was, was completely just, wrong to what we said. <laughs> no, but it was like everybody was saying it wrong, and they're like, "Oh, he says he would rather go by this," and everybody's been telling, uh, "Like, oh, well, we can say that. Like, why didn't you just tell us that was your name from the beginning?" <laughs> it's somebody, oh, it's somebody <laughs> new that's coming up right now. Like a uh, yeah, up and coming fighter. Who was it? Hill, Jamal, Joshua Hill. <laughs> no, it's real, no, I don't remember. So, Maybe I heard it on Joe Rogan or something. With Henry Cejudo? Maybe, yeah. Cejudo. Yeah, it's actually Cejudo. Why didn't you tell us that? <laughs> so, Mina tends to be the grappler in here out of both guys, but we just saw Griffin come out with a disgustingly sneaky submission as a huge underdog against TJ Brown as an underdog three months ago. But Mina likes to get it to the ground. Striking is good. His chin is, a, he gets hurt a little bit and will shoot 
reactionary a lot. And against what we've now seen in Griffin's guillotine game, he was saying he specifically was working on that choke because I don't know if Griffin necessarily cares about his takedown defense because it is just not there. But his <laughs> his if his reaction is... I can hit you with seven different guillotines. Just look at the amount of canceled on this. It's unreal card. It's unreal. It's like the schedule. They just on were this. trying to pull out their last of their. We. I've usually been the guy who's like, maybe right, you I'll stay stop. away from fight like cards. The people watching this, I'll actually pull up the card. <laughs> but uh, we usually, I'm usually like, oh, I'm gonna save my money for a better card. This is one that I feel like I'm not gonna play a lot of money on because of so many intangibles. Are you gonna get the pay per view? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to stream it even though I have I'm going to watch ESPN every fight Plus. and I'm going to really tell you by the time I and Cavillo will get there I'll be like let's go <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually a standout fight with Mina and Griffin because I think that it is going to be fairly competitive here I know people are giving uh, the native psycho a lot of props especially because he's had the longer UFC run in here against some high level competition losing a decision to Skelly but uh, being in there with Ige in a decision, uh, he's definitely the more tested guy. I'm going to go Griffin decision. The gas tank worries me a bit, but his power is where that takedown defense, why guys take him down, is because Griffin does have a lot of power in his hands. Um, but that sets up those guillotines as well. So really interesting bout. Give me Griffin decision. He's a bigger favorite than that. I could maybe see an inside the distance play on Griffin as well. I'm going to be tentative on this one as far as DraftKings. Who do you think you're going to go with out of these two fighters? I think Darik Miner is... Uh thinks he's he's going to be willing to play the submission game with Griffin and I think that's what it is going to get him into trouble. I think Griffin's one of those guys that's um deceivingly strong and when guys get up against him it's like holy hell. And I think uh if it doesn't happen in the first round, it'll happen in the second. I'm going to get gosh, I'm going to move it up to the first. I'm just going to go with Griffin submission round 1. Um I don't really love what I've seen from Darik. So, uh Jordan uh I'm not, I'm hit and miss with him, but whatever. I'm, I'm going to stick with what I know. When I went with all the new dogs last week, it kind of hurt me. <laughs> hey, sometimes it can be the best thing ever. Chase Hooper. Yeah. The biggest, one of the biggest favorites of the night. I know. And you know, a weird trade. thing, um, who got beat up worse, Chase Hooper or Felicia Spencer? Felicia Spencer, by far. Really? She was getting some Joanna head going on in there. I felt like uh, Chase Hooper, I was like, stop this. Well, uh, both of no. them, I was like, stop this. Yeah, uh, no, I was there with Spencer a few times where I'm like, <laughs> why are you just standing there? <laughs> so, on DraftKings, the decided favorite, Griffin, is 8,900 against Mina's 7,300. I'm going to be playing Griffin out of the two fighters. Mina, probably 10%. Griffin, 20 30%. I do like him, the inside the distance prop on that, but uh, very low-valued fight for me on DraftKings. Do you think you have any exposure to that one? Um, minimal. It's it's a little bit pricey. He's definitely got to get a finish, does Griffin, in there. I think he is. He's done. a finishing fighter. He rarely goes to decision. If he goes to decision, he tends to lose. So if it was a decision fight, I'd probably have meaner, minor in it. Right. Uh, so for the finish, grief. Give me grief. So, Moving on to a debuting fighter in 
Zakurab Azdev. I did watch his glory kickboxing fight. Fuck fights. you. At least he's trying. <laughs> hey, I heard it in my head. I and I didn't try. I didn't even try yet. I always, sometimes I, when I used to judge myself and then I try and I'm like, oh, I can't even get that out of my mouth. And this is the other thing. You could remember a name like Jan Jacek. We all know Joanna Jan Jacek, Joanna Jan Jacek. And then it's written down it. and you're like, Jazzerblitz. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to remember it. I saw it and I was like, no, no, no. I watched the tape. I know how they say it. Um, but ended up watching his kickboxing bouts. 16 kickboxing glory k boxing matches for the debuting fighter in the lion mma he's only been three and one losing a decision fighting out of new york the uzbekistani fighter tends to be that kickboxer winning a decision in bellator his only bouts in mma have been in bellator he does have uh good hands good kicks take down the fence minimal against minimal competition uh, which we don't have to worry about in this bout, but he actually showed some double leg takedowns and actual ground attempts in Bellator. So you got to give him that. He is 27 years old, transitioning. Tapology is lying because it is 5'4 all over his glory kickboxing height credentials, and it's really 5'3 because you know he's lying about that inch. Watch the tape and tell me he's not. He's never, though, he's uh, one of those little guys like a Lineker where he's like, oh, I know how to fight big guys. I get right in your face and don't stop punching. So his gas tank, even though it wilts, he puts out a good amount of pace on people. Really like that about him. Really like that he's definitely trying in here. Against Tyson Am on short notice, we had Ryan Benoit fall out literally two days ago. So he was scratched from the card, but that was a wrestler boxer coming in against Nam who tends to be a kickboxer, never shot a takedown in his UFC tenure, going on two fights now against Sergio Pettis and Kai Kara France. Both decisions, a lot of people giving him a lot of credit for that. Going back and watching those fights, I just see Tyson Nam standing in front of people, not pulling the trigger when he had his earlier finishes in his career, was against, again, low-level competition. Um, I want to go with the Portland native I want to go with the Pacific Northwest guy, but going back and watching the tape, his biggest advantage here is going to be the height. But against a glory kickboxer with somebody who doesn't shoot, there's going to be a kickboxing match. I'm going to give it to the kickboxer. And nice. if Nam were to shoot a takedown once in his entire fights that I saw, then yes. it would be like, okay. Okay, but give no. It to the guy with all the experience. And I've seen the kickboxer actually stop a few takedowns now. I don't like this. This is a disgusting, disgusting fight. I'm going to go with the underdog. Give me the short notice debuter in the Lion for an upset here. He doesn't even have a, a DraftKings price right now with such a short notice replacement fight. Who does Evil Twin have in this fight? We did not chat about this one. It's been so oh short notice. I don't know gosh. if he did tape study at all on it, honestly. Um, gosh. I feel like you convinced me. I don't like the age of Nam. I always felt like Nam wasn't really a UFC caliber guy. Um, I almost feel like this is a setup fight because Uzbekistan is in a country I see all the time. And so when I look down and I see a flag that isn't familiar to me, I'm like, oh, it's a push because the UFC is conquering the world. 
Like they want like an audience out of everywhere. I believe he's been living in New York for five to six years, just in my research. Yeah, just yeah. because that's that's deep shit. That's what yeah, we yeah. do for the fans. And um, it says Brooklyn, New York on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. But I just feel like uh, any it's just the representation for an area that I haven't seen represented, and I think sure. that's what the UFC has been kind of trying to do. Um, I know this is a short notice fight of probably anyone who would take it, but I do like Glory kickboxing. It is going to be a kickboxing match. Uh, but really just because I think Nam has a men UFC quality, I'm going to um, give it to the other little dude. And I like your Lying. case you made for it. Like, I like your case. And okay. I won't put it anywhere. I'm not going to play it because I don't like either. I don't really know either guy sure. that well. Um, but I'll have my decision check and you'll be like, I said this all on the show. And I'll be like, yep, I didn't even know this fight. So Tyson Nam is going to be 8,000 even for a minus 140, minus 120 on the three sports books that have this. Bovada and other sports books don't even have a price for this. Huh. It's so short notice. So it is uh, something to watch because right now it's even money for Lion, for the Lion in there. And on DraftKings, I feel like it'll be a kickboxing match. So I'm going to probably stay away from this one. Too many intangibles. But give me that big fat decision as well in a closely fought bout. Interesting bout on a night full of fun, fun fights. One of the funnest ones on there. At 135 pounds, we have Julie on Julia Avila coming in against Gina Mazzani, the better half of Tim Elliott, the Las Vegas native. Oh, isn't I didn't gonna know have to they were together. Maybe oh, they've been I together for years. Told me forever, yes, oh yes, I have said this many uh, a times. I never put it together before. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> she has definitely been a punching bag in there for Tim Elliott, literally, hey. where he was punching her butt cheeks as a speed uh, bag. But a booch. So, she's getting training out of that Extreme Contour gym, having some other ladies, sparring partners. Last getting a KO against Valerie Barney, who was 5-1 out of the King of the Cage four months ago. But Mazzani had a tenure against Maisie Chieson, where she was finished early with strikes, losing against Lena Landsberg, beating Wu in there in a decision, but losing to McMahon. This is definitely one of the biggest favorites of the night for the reason, and it's because Mazzani has lacking takedown defense off of her back. She can get stuck there. She will throw up triangles, but a lot of ladies have been easily able to shake that off. Her striking did, did look a little more um, uh, dangerous in there against a king of the cage fighter, but you better believe that's leaps and bounds different than a Avila in there. There's a reason she's a 7-1 prospect going three in a three-fight winning streak in the UFC, not in the UFC, a one-fight winning streak in the UFC against Panny Kanziad. Panny, I really like. I'm really high on Panny and actually had her winning against the Vila in there. Panny. I, what I gotta say, the toothless ones are my favorite. So, <laughs> she's Maybe definitely... Panny. <laughs> That's horrible. I did not say that. <laughs> so, Avila likes to get it to the ground, ground and pound. So a lot of like what Mazzani does, I think she gets stuck on bottom and it rides out to a decision, if not ground and pound finish for Avila. But 400 favorite, I don't, I don't like that. I'm not going to be able to bet this bout. If anything, I'm playing Avila here. Who do you think you're going to end up taking in this one? 
really this is more so because I never really thought Mazzani uh, was UFC caliber. And when she left, I was like, okay, I didn't even know you were gone. And now that she's back, I'm like, oh, I'll just go with the other girl for the push. The question I have is, um, can Mazzani take a beating for three rounds from the other girl? Um, that I go with a KO or a decision. I think maybe on this kind of short notice, I think she's gonna come out fighting hard. Avelia is a well-oiled machine and I'm gonna actually have a finish here. I think she's gonna finish her in round two. I see an elbow up the middle. Round two, knockout for Avelia. I might play her on some cards too. She has fast hands. Um, they're normal. Are both these ladies normal? No, huh? 125. One they were both 125ers for some reason. Maybe Mazzani had to stay earlier in her career at 25. Uh, I don't know if necessarily Avila has, especially in the UFC. She's been at 35. But as many people are thinking, and you are, I like that TKO. I think you've convinced me. I'm going to go TKO round number three. Avila, I like 9,300 on DraftKings, the biggest favorite of the night against Mazzani's. 6,900. It's a no play on Mazzani at all. You're, I've been picking up nothing but 8,900, 8,800. I got no salary. So this is going to be a but really even Mazzani, I can night. see her even pulling Avila on top of her. I just don't see it going well for her anywhere. I agree. I don't see Mazzani really getting a, uh, advantageous position and really winning here on the feet or on the ground. So. Oh, no. It's a good enough one. The but next fight is a great fight. The next fight is one of the sleepers of the night, but I'm sure most of the other hardcores just like us are like, oh, at least we get a good one in here. We got Charles Rosas coming in against Kevin Aguilar at 155 pounds. This is definitely a hidden profile fight. Diamond in the rough. Aguilar, the angel of death. That's up there in some of those when people are shitting on nicknames. And I love me some Kevin Aguilar. But Angel, War Angel, Angel of Gods, all of these like 10 syllable phrases. If it's a sentence, it's not a nickname. What would be your nickname? The Cuttlefish. Ugh. The cuttlefish. <laughs> that would be creepy enough to make guys not look into it. I didn't like it, but that's what they. That's what it was. That's what well, my family, evil twin, and those bastards named me. No, but it's like it, it makes it creepy enough when you're um, wrestling a dude called the cuttlefish, is especially once you get in tight wrestling and stuff. Like, oh, they well they call him a cuttlefish for a reason. Do some research on the cuttlefish. It I is know about the cuttlefish. Oh, you do? I'm okay. Floridian. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. I eat cuttlefish every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Aguilar. No, no but that's pretty funny because it's just a that that's a pretty good fighting nickname i did not ask for it evil twins fighting nickname i think it's evil twin even when he was fighting he never fought Uh, he's that amateur (laughs) 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 but uh here's somebody in there represented strong for the mexican fighters aguilar is one of those guys that will always fight for your money he's gonna fight to the death if you had to have the name the angel of death or boston strong Probably Boston Strong, even though it's like awake to like a bad thing, right? Because then they do that. Well, I know it's like kind of like the Boston bombing. Well, that's what also it's yeah. It also seems like something like, are you allowed to call yourself Boston Strong? Like, is is Boston like? How is he not sued by one of those wristband companies? 
Because they patented that phrase. But death could be doing the same thing. That <laughs> so, so, back to this riveting fight. Yeah, sorry. This is an awesome fight, actually. It is. Off the two-fight losing streak Aguilar has in the UFC against Dan Ige decision and Zubaira Tugov, Tuhugov three months ago. With Aguilar, I'm not making ex- I'm not making excuses. I don't want to make excuses, but Aguilar did say afterwards that that was the first fight he'd ever taken out of America, and it was over in Russia, and he felt like that really affected not only the weight cut, but just kind of all of the cylinders he was on, and he did look very sluggish out there, and hence that TKO came out in a striking clinic that came off for the Russian and Zubaira there. So three months ago, I don't like that. We don't like that here at Lappy. We usually like a lot more time, but I do believe it was an accumulation of body shots. I don't. It was a standing TKO, not a lights out one. Aguilar does tend to take damage, but against Rosas here, doesn't have to worry about that. Rosas is a pitter-patter point fighter, stays at distance, likes to get to the ground. Aguilar has heavy hips, can really keep it off the ground if he wants to and keep it striking. Rosa has a good jab, but again, it's more that point fighting. He doesn't knock you out with one clean shot out there the daytona beach fighter is last coming off of a loss to bryce mitchell in a decision where he was twisted into i'm actually infinity. so impressed one that he's fighting again well he didn't take any like headshot damage but mm-hmm. his body he probably just got a good stretch in like his spine <laughs> right. never felt better it was a good massage he's probably an inch taller yeah, right. um but i was impressed that he stayed alive so long like I, he finished the fight i that actually says a lot about his um is he gonna take it to the ground because he's gonna be better he here. has the advantage if he takes it to the ground but he has to be able to get it there and rosas doesn't have the best takedowns in the game he just half haphazardly shoots the shots or he doesn't drive through where it'll get stuck against someone with heavy hips and Aguilar for me because that's the intangible that I think it's the ground. Rosas is by far the better ground fighter but Dan Ige couldn't get Aguilar to the ground and Ige's a better ground fighter than I feel like Rosas is so and has better shots. They're in totally different leagues. So that's why I'm at thinking that this turns into a kickboxing match and I gotta give it to Aguilar and output slightly also, having the heavier hands here, I feel like it'll show more. I could even see the finish inside the distance for Aguilar. Been saying that a lot, but this is definitely a much morally close contested bout on the lines. Give me Kevin Aguilar, slight favorite, minus 165. I'm going to go decision right now. I could see myself switching this to a second and third round TKO because Aguilar has that type of cardio in the States. These are two one. 45ers getting the extra 10 pounds. Do you think either will benefit the same or? Aguilar used to be a 170 pounder that caught all the way down to 45. So I think out of the two, Aguilar's knockout and power has transferred over to a Rosas who's never had that. He's always had to get you by submission. I think here. The better, I, I was impressed. It's so crazy that I was impressed with Rosa that he didn't get submitted from mm-hmm. all that. Um, so I'm not worried about the submission here. And if both guys keep it on the feet, I think the better boxing is Aguilar, hands down. Uh, he's always one of my great underdogs. I always get to pick him, and it's, like, surprising. I wish in topology that uh, when you pressed the guy, it pulled up not only, it pulled up the record for both fighters that you had instead of one. Um but uh, Aguilar is a sneaky underdog. The guys that he's losing to are two sneaker guys in the division that you could are always going to be favorites from this point forward until they meet and take each other's heads off. Um, 
his victories are solid since the contender series and I always kind of felt like the losses for Rosa were against pushed guys and because of those losses the other guys built hype trains um, whereas Aguilar is doing the like grind the slow steady grind fighting the bigger names where everyone's just like looking at the record and it feels better i think aguilar is an easy decision here for me i think he takes two if not three of the rounds he has better stand up and picks him apart i think um anytime rosa does try to clinch he's gonna get inside elbows nasty uppercuts and you know like you're saying heavy hips so, right aguilar decision i just Boston Strong has never been really like one of my UFC faves, Charles Rosa. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm kind of in that boat as well. He's just never really stood out to me enough to be able to comfortably be, be able to wager on him and think that he gets it out in there. He's just been oppositioned at times. On DraftKings... Do you think Kevin Aguilar should change his name to the Tiger King? <laughs> he is in Texas. They have some pretty loose laws as far as Tyner Overshins. It's I I don't care for that one, but <laughs> <laughs> it works on him, I guess. On DraftKings, you're gonna end up paying for the slight favor eight thousand four hundred for Kevin Aguilar against Charles Rosa seven thousand eight hundred. Gosh, so far I need an underdog. Yeah, Mama needs an underdog, and definitely gonna be a tough one. So far, I can't afford my card. I actually like Aguilar more than uh, some of those other guys as far as DraftKings because I do see the finish potential for him. And he's not as expensive as some of those 8-9 guys that I'm not as comfortable with getting a finish, having those more be decision type of fights. Then we go on to the headlining preliminary bout of the night in Hannah Cyphers coming in short notice against Marina Agapova, the debuting Invicta standout, 8-1 fighter out of Kazakhstan, fighting out of Coconut Creek, Florida. I believe she's been over at the American Top Team uh, camp fighting her last few fights. Only losing to Tracy Cortez, who is a standout, who a lot of people like as a prospect in the UFC, being undefeated so far in her tenure Ciphers, the two-fight losing streak, you know how we love us, some Ciphers, but a week ago, we saw her get submitted in a fight where she just had to walk away. The fight IQ is definitely has to be on question because we all thought she was going to get submitted, but I was actually really impressed with her takedown defense in those first few attempts. She framed really well off and threw some fucking heaters at Dern. Dern just got that mom chin and took him. Actually went to the ground, switched up for an ankle. So and changing the diaper. Baby kick. <laughs> Baby kick. But uh, Cypher's in there. It's definitely never been a ground fighter. And Pova in there can have the ability of being able to take it to the ground. Cortez, though, that was the difference. Cortez was able to keep it standing and win a striking bout with her last two opponents. And Invicta weren't able to do that. And ground and pound for Pova has definitely been her moneymaker being able to get finishes in there with volume and just overwhelming fighters this is ufc though level this is a big step up in bella or the contender series she wasn't able to um take that next step but she did make big leaps at 23 years old in there has realized some stuff and we're gonna see big growth from her ultra sketchy fight i like cyphers 
I like her power in there. I like what I saw in the bit that she was striking and lesser this is ladies. This what I don't like. Let me just tell you. Go ahead, because I, I, you gotta talk me out of this. Remember how tiny Cyphers looked in there with Dern? Absolutely. Even though her across her back, she, she was so strong. Across her back was so effing broad. That was at 115. This is a 125 girl. Right. So this is like potentially the size girl of a Jessica I or a Valentina Shevchenko in there with tiny Hannah Cyphers. Like, she is so small. I think it's not that her skill set isn't... It, it's almost like Cyphers is one of those... She couldn't cut to 105 or muscle build is a little too big, but she could cut muscle and get down to atom weight. Like, she's a tiny, We've always tiny said that. lady. So, to go in there against a 125-er, I don't know, maybe there wasn't a 115 for Agapova to fight in. But to be going into a 125, I think it's not because she doesn't have the skill. It's that her power is not going to transfer the extra. And then her, um, the bigness of just getting pushed around. Does Hannah Cyphers, is she way more technical than Mackenzie Dern in every way? Yeah, probably, except for submissions. Um, she even has the perfect defense. Like, she, she just doesn't have the size and power. So I just think she's just going to get overwhelmed by that more than technique. And that sucks, but it's taking a fight on a short notice. Or unless she realized everything that I'm saying and everything's wrong, how we're saying Adam weight, she's like, no, you don't understand what a beef I am. And fighting at 125 is going to be a game change. I don't know. I just like those little pumping hands. I feel like she has underrated power and she just doesn't capitalize on it. Maybe, again, it's her fight IQ. I... I like Cypher's minus 245 favorite, though, for the debuting fighter. Debuting, it is going to be an empty That's octagon. It's going to be uh, 25 feet, which has been an intangible that's caused a lot more finishes, I feel like, in these last few bouts. So I feel like this one is likely to not go the distance as well, which has been a theme here, I feel like I've one been saying week, the night. three days and four hours ago. I mean, she just got on a plane because where was she... With Dern, she's out of North Carolina. Did she just stay at the PI? Apex, or were they in Florida? No, they were at Apex. Apex. They were at Apex. So she probably stayed at yeah. the Performance Institute and has just been eating. Training, eating they, good. She's probably eating three squares a day because it's free food if you're an MMA fighter or UFC fighter. They give you free gym, gym Great board. facility. Yeah, absolutely. Look at any fighter going to the Performance Institute that isn't getting better. So. And I mean, in all actuality, everything you're saying, should Hannah Cyphers be better? If on even on the loss with Mackenzie Dern, that should have been a sparring session with the amount of damage she took to go in against. I can't think Agapova's uh, ground game is going to be as good as Mackenzie Dern's. That's what I'm saying, and I don't think so as well. She does have a lot more control on top, but I think Cyphers. I got Cyphers' decision. She's a big underdog. I need an underdog. I could see myself talking out of it after weigh-ins because we got to see weigh-ins, but that's for both ladies. And size both difference when they're standing correct, across from Correct, correct, correct. Um, I definitely am hesitant on this bout. I'm not going to play it either way because I don't see a finish, I think, is a decision either way. Dirty-ass split. Give me Cyphers in a dirty split. Ooh, ooh. This one made me take a shower watching tape at night, and it was for all the wrong reasons. Oh, I have submission <laughs> round one, but I almost want to change it to, like, KO round two. Um, that's where Cyphers, I think, starts to take over. Like, the further away I get from that beginning, but I just think bigger woman goes in, even if she isn't as skilled, not as good of, you know, a camp or whatever. Um, 
young, hungry, been training for it, not short notice. Uh, Cyphers is good in the clinch. She's strong. I just think the size is going to negate a lot of Cypher's so. skills. So I'm going to go clinch, work, KO. Here is something pound, that is uh, a little late breaking. As far as the betting lines, when this opened up about a day and a half ago, it was minus 130 Cypher's favorite Agapova. I would say that's much more what I would think the line's at. But the betters, the people who bet early on this, already shot it to plus 205. So it's actually been all line movement. It's been big bets coming in against ciphers. We don't usually put those statistics out there. But that there's, again, fights that are... This isn't even on oh, DraftKings. We don't have DraftKings odds on this. But for this... Agapova is going to be a 9,000 type of range to Cyphers is going to be in the 7-3. I think Cyphers might be the play as far as decision value there. Big fat stay away. Absolutely gross card. I'm going to pick Agapova on some. I like her size difference. Because yeah. if size is the biggest discrepancy for me for Hannah Cyphers in the division, then moving up is the worst decision for her to make. Um Right, she was outsized at 15. In Dern, who doesn't make weight? You're absolutely right. And Dern it doesn't have any right. muscle on her. Like, she is just like... You're changing my mind. I'm going to go decision. I need to listen. I'm going to go KO round two. I got no, decision. No, because I think you did kill it. You've gotten a perfect score in the last three weeks. <laughs> but I think this conversation sure. is good for both of us sometimes. And It's well, that ciphers. It's just size it's, only. Well, it's size only. It's So if me, they're at weigh-in, you're right, and the other girl just looks like uh like for, for me it's personality and cypher's got a whole lot of that so you know me <laughs> i think we get we have an interview with cypher's on tape if you want me to play it uh, <laughs> You're like, fall back to the later shows and you will get some <laughs> oh, okay. high quality ones but we definitely got to get to the biz okay oh is it already time for the real biz it is oh my gosh and you know what um we do have a lot of little business when we drop the biz, and we hope you don't fast forward through it because we want you to check out our new show, too. So before we drop that, just in case, fights of the round table, you guys. I think it's a gas afterward. I'm just saying. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at LatB underscore MMA on Instagram at latb underscore mma to email us at lesboandabeam at gmail.com for me emmanuel you can always find me at zoltanite for cheney it is always at weakneck baby be sure to hit that like and subscribe thank you for listening welcome back to the main card also known as the fight pick championships Getting. Oh my gosh, it's so intense. It's unbelievable. The swings are unreal. The roller coaster has been an all-time high and then a low. But ultimately, it will reign supreme for that uh, No, to after all, it's um what we've been doing at 10 months. I don't even know how long it's been going on. We've been doing it since like 2009. And <laughs> we are tied, uh, Alpha and I, at night. I thought I was down. I actually already accepted defeat mentally. So to wow. be tied for first place, I think we have $9.50 apiece. Um, that's pretty crazy after this many picks. It's pretty nuts. 
we're getting there, getting there. There is still room for redemption. Some people are separated by five points now. Like, it's tight everywhere. Everywhere. So, it's definitely What's getting a lot more fun. going on down there in your neck of the woods? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know you're moving up. I can probably pull it up on the Discord. It is I didn't even know they tabulated the card already. Ah. I, I didn't even think they had at this point because... Yeah, uh, I think I might even... Let's do this. If it's updated to be put up there. But definitely getting there, growing little by little, having a rough weekend the last one, having some controversial bouts go the opposite way. We go over to the Backlog Channel Gaming Network work and we scroll down to the leaderboard is there an update i do not believe i see one that is still the previous oh no, this is it oh moving on up <laughs> fourth place baby get there. that's what i said hold on let's see if i can zoom in oh maybe i can't maybe that's as big as i can make it that doesn't seem right who the hell is Ray? <laughs> so, you see in here, Cheney. That's Grampy back. Okay. Oma Plata. Or, I'm sorry, Oma Plata is Ray. That's right. You're absolutely right there. Oma Plata Soup holding it in strong. In last place, missing a couple posts, but still getting those picks in whenever. Giving a shout out. At least you're not giving up on yourself. But then for the true number six through four spot we got the rest of them grampy back backlog and juice i should change my nickname to like the omega or something like bigger what's bigger than alpha i think it's only opposite and it's omega there isn't bigger than alpha that's just the beginning i know the, the only thing the that i would think may, might trump it off the top is gonna be infinite but that's off the top of my head. And that's a whole other conversation for this awesome sports mini podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ricky's creeping up, though. Hell yeah, Ricky's getting Ricky there. Ricky buddy, I think they're sitting strong. Think... Even though we had a good week where you had first night, second place, and it was all that beat. Sure, sure. For right now, Ricky and Buddy just sit at second oh, and third place. That's pretty see... sweet for MMA Marks Plug. Alpha World e. League. One night away from getting into that number two spot. You know what? Um, something that you don't know is you don't even get your real name put up until you're in at least third place. <laughs> you just get. <laughs> I know. Like Juice will become Aaron if he ever gets the third place. If he gets. <laughs> just get that big thing all the time. Just get Ray. that big thing. What's up with Ray? They just changed it to Ray. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, who the hell's Ray? And you're like, what? Well, at least he's sticking in there. But what we're here for, the main card, this ramshackled, stuck-together bubblegum. gum. that up next time. <laughs> bubblegum card we have is going to finally get into the main picks where we finally have a little bit of depth in here with Jordan Espinoza at 135 pounds coming in against Mark De La Rosa coming in as the better, the lesser half, I would say, of the De La Rosas being the second half of the only husband and wife team in the UFC. Both of them are losing records. Both of them training out of Fort Worth, Texas, Texas out of their own Genesis BJJ gym. COVID might have given them more specific training partners or limited them. That's the yeah. world we live in. It could be a benefit. Texas, they weren't limited very much. Did they? They didn't shut down too much. Not a, yeah. I think they were one of the. Well, regardless, reasons. did they ever have the good enough training partners? Being yeah. out of that close of a gym, three fights in a row would say no against Alex Perez, Kai Carl Franston, last being knocked out by Brulion Pava. 
three months ago in a nasty overhand right. That one against Pava, I believe, was overseas as well. They both traveled. Did it like, I don't like that replacement. We talked about it earlier in the night, that three months for that bad of a knockout. He did go out. I think maybe he needs a little bit more time, but Espinosa isn't necessarily the strongest striker. 14-7 and seven type of record in there coming off a two-fight losing streak to Perez where he lost via submission and Schnell. So they have a common opponent there. De La Rosa was able to just go to decision and fight off a lot of those submission attempts. Though with Perez, Espinosa got hurt on the feet before that submission came. Espinosa tends to be the wrestler out of the two. De La Rosa will give up, doesn't have the best takedown defense in that 50% range. It's really showed, but it's the striking. He just doesn't have the strongest of striking and gets set up fairly easily. It's just kind of one note, but that's in the same level with Espinosa. He gives up uh, more of his, he relies on more of his natural ability and athleticism than traps. He'll throw hard punches, but uh, De La Rosa might be, slightly a little more technical. He just doesn't have any pop in him. Does De-, De La Rosa, does he have a little bit of that Cody Garbrandt in him where he just, like, loses it, like, uh, doesn't keep his composure when he's fighting and rolls forward? Uh, no, I just, he doesn't have good takedowns. <laughs> I feel like he has serviceable striking. He's definitely way better on the ground, but he doesn't have good takedowns, regularly can't get it there, and he's able to get outstruck because he's not a great striker, and that's kind of been the recipe, especially against Pava, who had a lot of the ground transition stifled. Espinoza is more of the guy who will block you and then land ground and pound, Uh even though he doesn't do that much, but he's not a big... Even though he has a lot of submissions in the UFC, that's not coming. Not against De La Rosa. I actually think Espinoza ekes out a split decision. I could see it go to De La Rosa split decision. I gotta see weigh-ins. This is the dirtiest of splits. Both of them are on losing streaks. It's a gotta go type of fight, right? You gotta go. You gotta get on out of your loser. Who do you think uh, the extra 10 pounds will help if this is happening at 135 or two 126ers? I gotta say Espinosa because he looks like he's the more muscle-bound out of both of the fighters. Rosa didn't look muscle-bound at 25. Like, it, he just not It there. just makes me think if De La Rosa is one of those guys that's cutting so much that the cut is making him uh, knockout-bound. And if the, if he's not... If he's not going to be knocked out, if he has the extra 10 pounds of water on his brain, um, I got to think he's the guy that definitely can get the submission here. Do you think that the three and four inch reach advantage for Espinosa plays a role? They're the same height at five six. If my camp for Espin, my camp if I mark De La Rosa and I watch the tape on Espinosa and I can't, I haven't watched the tape, but just from what I remember, I'm gonna say uh, we're gonna try to get inside here. You don't, you don't want to stand up because of the distance on this mm-hmm. guy. Um, so maybe an overhand right to get an inside, maybe like uh, get inside takedown and. Uh, do work from there and go into submission because this guy doesn't have any Espinosa has barely any ground game I 100% agree with that easier said than done especially when you're lacking but Espinosa is the out of the two fighters that gasses dramatically like he's a completely different fighter in that third round where Rosa can he'll keep 
a solid pace the and whole three Alex rounds. Perez going to decision with Alex Perez and right. going to decision with Kaikara France is leaps and bounds better than any of the competition. Well, I guess the common uh, person was Perez and Correct. the submission armbar should show Correct. it. If I do my MMA math, I'm going to go with De La Rosa here. Um, I think he's going to get the submission. And um, if he has better ground than you, he's going to take the submission. And if he has the extra 10 pounds, I don't think the knockout's going to come easier. I think Espinosa's going to gas trying for the knockout. And so I'll give him round two here uh, for De La Rosa. I think it could even happen round one. There's my underdog, first one. There it is. Give me the other side of that in the slight favorite. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 8500 Are you going decision? I'm going decision, Espinoza. Got to watch weigh-ins on this one. 7700 for De La Rosa, the plus 165 underdog in here. So the favorite definitely ugh, such a grimy, gross fight. Big fat stay away as far as the entire night on DraftKings. I am not going to be betting my 20 cards 30 cards regularly like all of these are super close in my eyes but for really gross reasons all of them it's a cl- i mean there was a lot of cards put together here yes there I was know. a lot of short you're gonna see a whole bunch of haters that are like gosh ufc what's up with the crappy cards and i'm gonna be like did you not just remember the past few weeks right <laughs> like it's first four back out of all of them but you know why should i expect any different people have no <laughs> memory for anything much less So, then we go on to 145 pounds where Andre Feely comes in against Charles Air Jordan. 10-2 fighter coming off of a big upset against Duho Choi. 10-2 losing only to Des Green in his debut. The Jordan fighter, I do believe, has been fighting in the States for a bit. It says Academy Sports, but I do think he's been cross-trading once he got some exposure in the UFC. I do think he went over to the, of course, top team range, but don't quote me on that one. I didn't get far enough into his background. I did end up watching his fights against Choi. Choi broke that forearm, by the way. Well, Jordan broke it with a kick, but that forearm was broken going into that freaking second, third round when he got that finish. Either way, Jordan showing a good gas tank. There's a lot of good betters that I like to listen to after the show that are big on this guy. Uh, Jordan does have a good gas tank, solid wrestling, good take down the fence. Even on the ground, uh, he's not the greatest at submissions, even though he has some guillotine chokes in there. Uh, quite a few, actually. Um, they're more reactionary, and it's because they'll shoot on him because his striking sets up a lot of that. Here, though, is a big step up from... A lot of those regional guys that Jordan showed up for. Duho Choi has been controversial as far as UFC caliber. He's been in some of the best fights of the year. Uh, multiple times against Reyes, Cub Swanson, multiple guys like that. But uh, he's definitely a flawed fighter the more we look at it. And Jordan has shown that he can put a game plan together. But Andre Feely, the alpha male standout, the fighter that is tried and true. We know what Andre Feely does and he's a progressively gotten better fighter debuting at 21 22 years old in the ufc definitely been tested losing only out of his last five to michael johnson in a controversial split which i agree he could have won beating jury and marias which we all saw coming but decision in yusef in a decision i think a lot of people are ultra high and the fact that feely didn't get finished in there is just kind of a testament to his toughness and still his reliability in the ufc 
great kickboxer throwing out some good kicks. Am I wrong? Do some people kicks. think he won that fight? Is, was that a controversial split or no? No, I feel like if we go back and watch it again, uh, it was easy two rounds. Yusef, okay. but Feely had his moments in there. It wasn't a one-sided fight, uh, but he was just not as fast as Yusef. Where here, these guys are going to be in the same range as far as speed. Think it's an ultra dog fight. I'm actually really excited for this one. This is one of the more profile fights, sleepers that I'm watching throughout the entire card. Uh, the takedown defense for Feely holds up. Jordan likes to keep it striking, though. I do think it turns into a kickboxing match. They're both fucking crafty. And Jordan has some sneaky setups that were set up against Choi, but Choi is a much looser fighter. Andre Feely has a fucking beautiful straight left in there that always changes the game. And he has power. It's just that Feely gets touched up. I do like what I'm seeing from Feely. I think this is a close split decision. And I think we Jordan gets a lot more rub out of here. Um, but I don't think that this should be a minus 230 favorite for Andre Feely. And I'm a big Feely guy. I always pump Feely. But I actually think Jordan's being overlooked here. I do think Feely squeaks it out. But Jordan's going to have his spots. I like Jordan moving forward. Give me Feely in a decision. This is close. I love everything you said, and I love um, Charles Jordan. I'm really excited for his UFC career going forward. I think he has sneaky submission game. I think he has like he's almost like uh, it. All, he has little sneaky Zabit things with submission and whatever. Uh, you know, takedown or whatever, but he also has sneaky Iyer things where he does the flashy kicks and the flip yep. around and turn around things. And um, like you're saying, sometimes it looks chaotic in there, but he's setting up other stuff. He has good game plans. Uh, I just think there's levels to this game, and I'm not trying to be a duo Choi hater, but um, I think even the beating that happened with Cub Swanson put Cub Swanson on a thing that Cub Swanson always reminds people that there's levels to this game. Absolutely. So every time we see hype trains, then they hit that next layer of that, that top 30, top 20 guys, and it's like, oh, shit. Where I think uh, Andre Feely is... Uh, better than that than Cub Swanson in that area. He's a guy that's still a title contender. He still look he's looking forward still, and he's still adding a little something to his game to quiet his haters. Uh, he seems to always learn in his losses and bring something new. Um, I kind of think Andre Feely is going to show that there's levels to this game, and it's not because I hate Charles Jordan. I think he's one to watch for the future. I just uh, think Andre Feely is doing everything right. He um, has good takedowns. He seems to keep the fight where he wants it a lot. Um, I don't think he's going to have to worry about the kind of power that Sodiq Yusuf had, except in the kicks from Charles Jordan, which are mm -hmm. next level. But they those uh, kicks with the overhand right that Char Andre Feely can lay are going to be dangerous. Andre Feely with leg kicks and punches is going to make Charles Jordan pay for every one of those kicks. And so you're not going to see them come the second round. And I think toward the second round, Andre Feely is going to start laying down his game plan. He's going to start taking over. I don't know how much of a beating Charles Jordan can take. I have Feely KO round two, but I, I'm going to move it to round three because I do think Charles Jordan, um, it's going to be like one of those things that's kind of gruesome to watch by the end of it. And everyone's going to be like, well, yeah. 
It's Andre Feely. He's doing it. But I don't think Count Charles Jordan out. I think he's still going to be one to watch in the future. And um, it's just, I mean, the Des Green decision loss was probably a, 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 his bet. That showed me more than knocking Duvall. For twice. that young of a fighter, I feel like it's a big turning point to get that much of a wrestling kind of clinic even though he did do, on short notice did really well against green yeah, in there I love Charles Jordan. but Jordan all of a sudden is like oh I went against one of the best wrestlers if I really focus on this imagine how good I am with my striking because it is Jordan has some slick striking but so does Feely I'm ultra excited for this. I'm going to go Feely KO round three. I, I agree this could be the fight of the night. This could easily yeah. be fight of the night. On DraftKings for the Big favorite here. We got 8,600 for Andre Touchy Feely against Jordan's 7,600 plus 200 underdog. I'm going to actually take a couple shots on Jordan here. Obviously, I'm picking. No, not obviously. I feel like it's value on Jordan. I see a decision out of here. So, as far as DraftKings 7 6, I think it goes to decision. I'm going to take Jordan in there, but it's going to be a low score. For the decision, I think it turns into a pitter-patter type of bout. They both maybe knock down each other. Out of the takedowns, it's going to be feely for me, but it's going to be one and done. I'm going to have lo lo low exposure the entire night. I'm going to have some exposure to Jordan on this, but for like 10%, maybe 10% on Feely. So gross. Like, you it's not a real prediction. It's gross. Like, it's a card you said. I like, hate it's it. It's all 10%. Yeah, because I'm like, no, I don't want to play this heavy. 10%. 10%. Oh, no, it means like, well, ugh. I, but I'm going to be playing 10% of what I usually do, which is like three cards or something. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be horrible as far as DraftKings, I guess. I just don't have a good read on it. There's so much variable, so many. And I think it's handedly feely. I think Jordan's going to do some exciting couple of flash things that were like, yeah, fun to watch. He's going to defend a couple of takedowns. Yeah, but I think feely's going to prove so it. So feely's worth it. I think if feely's you, worth it here. There it is. There right it is. Now, That's all we're asking for. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> so Maybe that was the sign. 135 <laughs> pounds. We have... Short notice retur returning, Ray Borg at 135 pounds coming in against Mario. Davish really the wrestler's delight as Cheney's getting into this. <laughs> it's on the tip of her tongue. She can't wait to see this one. The 10 and 4 fighter coming off a 3 5 winning streak against Casey Kenny, a decision. Katona in there and Terry and Ware only losing controversially to Hickey Simone and Frankie Sines. Um, Davish Feely, we know we're what we're going to get. Ultra high level of wrestling, high pace, ironclad chin, crazy striking. Uh, definitely can throw a jab and some pieces in there together, but he is for sure a Matt Saralongo standout, and his reputation precedes him because he has had to be lied to before so that he doesn't overtrain for fights. Where they're like, you don't have a fight coming up. And then a week before the fight, two weeks before the fight, they're like, hey, dude, you're going to fight one of the best wrestlers on the, in the, and or he's like, okay. never can tell him when he's fighting at elevation because then he over. Over, that's what it was. Right, right, no, right. I think you've told difference. Like, I think he's just he's notorious. He's insane. Insane. The 29 year old is just going to put it to you. And against a Borg who's been flip floppy, flim flam, habitual weight misser. Moved up in weight and still missed. Came in against Hickey Simone. Made weight at 35 and got a split decision three weeks ago. Which, 
fairly controversial because the more I look back at that, Ricky Simone won the living shit out of that fight. There wasn't, I mean, it could have been 30-27, 29-28, easy on my cards, even though I think I picked Borg in that, thinking he was going to be able to get it to the ground. But at 35, uh, you just saw once Borg can't get it to the ground or once he thinks he's a, um, can keep it striking, which he said against Simone, he said, uh, afterwards did Bray Borg three weeks ago. Oh, I thought I could beat him kickboxing even though he lost almost every exchange. But when you look at the eight to nine takedowns that you couldn't get, that's a different story. Yeah. You didn't have a fucking choice there, buddy. So I think Davishvili can do that. Keep it where he wants to. If not, Davishvili, when he's shooting on you, Rayborg has even shown us off of his back, he's not as good. He's a top guy. He likes to be on top throwing rabid punches. Davishvili won't allow that to happen. There's a reason he is a minus 315 favorite, especially after the showing we saw against the lesser fighter in Simone. I don't see how you don't pick Davishvili everywhere. Decision. But this is a guy I think I got to go heavy on. This is someone who I can see getting me an average of 100 points in a three-round decision. I 100% agree. Every single dude that shows us that it's not even if they can out-wrestle Borg, but just if they can stuff a few of Borg's takedowns, mm -hmm. then it's almost like mentally breaks and they can take over the wrestling. We saw Casey Kinney do it. Absolutely. We saw that same. And if Casey Kinney can do it, uh, Dakishvili is going to have it everywhere we saw hickey simone do it Absolutely. like the same thing a guy that where it's not usually normal that we see him go for that game plan it's almost like they feel ray borg it's like some of them aren't normal wrestlers but they feel him and they're like oh i'm gonna start ripping takedowns on this guy <laughs> so i dogish feely i've given some hate on him before and i definitely have hated on ray borg but i was hoping for a ray borg comeback i was hoping he'd treat his body differently i feel like he still looks flabby as fuck he looks like he's going in there collecting a paycheck and so like you're saying habitual weight mister on short notice he is going to take such a hurting to come in here and he just cut weight how long ago where we saw the guys getting up oh i want to say the guys getting up there in age ray borg's only 26 but he's just had such an infamous yeah. career so far it's so crazy i was thinking he was like 36 no, he's um, we've already seen i oh. totally agree though i think it's easy to play dockish feely everywhere I think it's easy to. I think Ray Borg, um, right now he's collecting checks. Something big has to change in Borg that I have to see for me to feel different about him. Whether it's camps, whether it's his body looks different, whether it's like, oh, Borg's been out six months, and then I see him again, and it's like this fresh new get. I don't see him as a title contender. Dakashvili, totally do. Dakashvili, yeah, I put a, the K in there unnecessarily. Uh, <laughs> I totally I see him being one of the most dangerous guys in the 135 I mean, to look out for. Aljamain Sterling's number one training partner. And Aljamain <laughs> Sterling's like, oh, why do you think my cardio is getting so much better, guys? This motherfucker just goes. He just goes non Non, non-stop. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 9200 for the minus 315 favorite, Doc Vishvili, against card. Ray Borgs, 7000 even. Average points, 93 for Davishvili against Borgs, 70. Again, it's Davishvili, no Borg. You can't, yeah, I don't, I totally no Borg. No Borg. He doesn't have knockout power, which would what be the, the only differential. on that, um, the only underdog I picked so far? I think it's the only underdog that's been picked. Rosa? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't have Rose. It was that fire. It was just like two fights back. Let me see. I can get it. I gotcha. I gotcha. It is... Della Rosa. 
Deli- so right no, now. Li- oh, I said, didn't I say that? No, you okay. were uh, Espinosa. Oh, I'm wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, so De La Rosa, I think your underdog's Hannah Cipher so far. My and girl. My underdog Dang. is De La Rosa so far. So if you want to afford... Oh, and you also said Jordan? No, 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 I you got do Feely, have Feely decision. decision. So uh, to uh, to afford Davish Feely, you either should play De La Rosa or Cyphers, we're telling you. <laughs> that's about it so far, unfortunately. Crazy? So far, that's what we've come together with. Let's so see if we can keep it. It's oh, such a rough night for bets. Do you think they're going to play the captain modes as far as DraftKings? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just going to be, if that's just a pay-per-view thing, but I have noticed it more. That's like the third time now I've noticed it, but the last two have been Which a Keep going. I like the, the where they're making only televised is the captain yeah. and no other televised. And so what I the captain like. mode is, if you don't normally draft kings, which you guys should draft kings, um, it's pretty fun and you can do it for really inexpensive. Um, and you can really, they have cards you can play for a quarter. Or ten cents. Ten cents. Yeah. So you, it's like you don't even have to have a ton of skin on the game. It just makes it that much more exciting. Um, you can make a, a pick for your girl, a pick for your friend. Like you can make a whole bunch of cards. You guys can all go against each other. This is not even a plug. This is just because it's like it's actually kind of fun. <laughs> but the captain mode uh, multiplies one of your p- picks. 1.5 so you get it uh the score whatever they get um times the total score and a half so the, it, it ends up it puts a little extra um distance on between people picking so you don't have to split your bank with somebody you got to pick a finisher yeah you got to pick yeah. some or you got to pick someone who's just going to score high as yeah. far as DraftKings to be that captain and then you fill out the card underneath to just get the best of the rest but Ultimately, it's getting that captain to be the guy who gets the most points on DK. Really narrows it down a bit. It's an interesting way to look at it. Um, but definitely, yeah. Yeah, because if like your captain's it. good, you can still eat it with another fighter. Absolutely. <laughs> and they can do fucking rake it in, in there. So definitely. Kill her! <laughs> <laughs> then we finally get to the co main event of the night. We have a rescheduled wow. about at 185 pounds. We got Carl Robertson coming in against Marvin Vittori. We already broke this one down. Told you why we were picking which guy. Told you that it was probably the gas tank. Vittori, I mean, he went to a decision with Adesanya. It's his biggest claim to fame is a loss. But he's definitely a guy with the more experience. Robertson coming in with a 9-2 record. Losing to Glover Teixeira. Beating a Marshman. Beating a Ferreira. But coming off of a two-fight winning streak in a controversial split versus Terman, and last beating Kaipalov in a submission seven months ago, what we've seen with Robertson is that he's got some powerful striking, definitely likes to get it to the ground and uh, submit guys. But if he does get stuffed and that gas tank starts to wear a little bit, he get old Glover to Sherrod, which we have been... I mean, we haven't been on that train as of late, but it is tried and true. We've seen it doing multiple yeah. times. He drags you into those dirty rounds, and I feel like that's kind of what Vittori does, just a whole lot younger and can put a lot more pressure going on to that third round. This fight was rescheduled because Carl Robertson passed out after cutting weight. That has to be a humongous red flag. 
that weight cut hurts him. It's a Tony yes. Ferguson. Yes, I agree. And because it, it's like, how hard can you train after that? You already have to start dieting. So you can't also be training while you're trying to like also lose weight. Like he has right. to change his whole game plan in between because that wasn't that long ago. It was, I mean, rescheduled, and right? Maybe three to four weeks ago as well. Jeez, man. Maybe. And... Your we, body, you passed out because you were almost shutting down. Exactly. And you're going to go through another hard weight cut. But Tori has to cut oh, weight yeah, as they, well. They almost got in a fight in the lobby, didn't they? Afterwards, because this is, is this shitty or not? But Carl Robertson in the hotel lobby where that they had bought out. It was only them. Robertson was like, uh, hey, Vittori, you know I would have whooped your ass, right? And Vittori's like... You motherfucker, why didn't you show up to the fight? Like, you're trying to fight me in the lobby, and you we could have got paid, you piece of shit, and Vittori blew up. You gotta watch it. Vittori was lit, so he's coming in, swinging. Does that mentality change the game? I think the Italian fighter fights on uh, courage already because in most of his fights he punches himself in the fa- face going into the third round already he's italian yeah exactly 100 <laughs> percent. he already he already is just always has a problem with most of his opponents and this is going to get easier but what vittori does is he doesn't get you out of there in the first round he no, will grind you up grind, against the cage I think he's great at where his shoulder placement is on your face right on the cage yeah and robertson won't be able to get off those big shots and won't be able to get him on the ground by the time they get to the ground it'll be all Vittori on top and Robertson just kind of wilting after he a point. He does great inside work. He does great, like, things that we never, I never have said aloud. He does great inside knees when he's in the clinch like that. Yep. Um, it's not, we always talk about head placement, but he has great shoulder placement. He is a grinder. He has a weird way of the way he gets his, almost like you always point out with John Jones, that he gets it under somebody's neck and stuff. Um, yeah, he's all over people. I get him confused sometimes with the vanilla gorilla. Is that racist? <laughs> <laughs> At least it's Bellator yeah, making there. Yeah, but Marvin is a cutie. So, he is, for sure. I'm talking myself out of a decision. Do you remember Oh, yes. Old movie, very old movie, right? About yeah. the baseball kids? Or soccer. It was like a guy who dressed up. as. There was two versions. It was ah, like something. one of the girls who went crazy, a Disney girl, and she dressed up as a little boy and played soccer on a boy's Yes, team. And okay. And then there was a, girl, a guy, Jonathan Brandis, who he dressed up as a little girl and played soccer. And that I think Marvin Vittori looks like the kid from Ladybugs. <laughs> so, I was going to say decision Vittori, but I'm thinking it's going to be a TKO round number three because... But to, uh, gas tank of Robertson is just not going to be able to keep keep up. I think that's been a tried and true method for him wilting in his only few losses. Do you see that Vittori can get a decision or a submission? I don't think so. I don't even see him trying to attempt. No, for it. I yeah, I think and it's ground and pound TKO. Ground and pound, almost give up TKO. Wh- right, where it's Robertson covering up and not moving, and he's like, "Do something," and he's just not gonna move or turn. And Vittori's just gonna be like, "I told you, I don't want," and be such a dick afterwards I because he was of, raging. I can see that. I want to move mine to. Oh my gosh, this is fight pick championship. It is definitely fight pick championship. <sighs> I have Vittori decision right now. I have it. Um, him just beating him up or uh, uh, taking a first round, even. Making Maybe even taking a hard shot that uh, Carl Robertson can win the first round, but then Marvin Vittori uh, kind of takes over as Carl Robertson starts to wilt. Um, totally handles round two. Round three is entirely his round. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping Carl Robertson, I don't see him quitting after 
being, I want to say being in there with Glover Teixeira, but then he got submitted. And it seems like every time he goes to quit, he just gives up a submission. So will he give up a beating the same way? That's the part that, um, hmm, I'm going to go with Vittori decision, but I could see third round knockout, third round finish. I initially had decision and I moved it to a knockout after we talked our way through it. Because I don't think I'm submitting him, so he's going to have to give up in a way yeah. um, that I think his youth, anger, I like everything Mar Marvin Vittori is doing right now, so... Ugh. Give me Marvin Vittori around three right now. I can move that to a decision easily. Uh, I want to see how both how good both these guys look at weigh-ins. And Carl Robertson, we already know. We already know that's going to be a hard cut. Carl Robertson, you listening? I want to get in your head right now. I want to get in your head so in the third round when you're laying on your back, it's easier for you to give up. Because <laughs> that's what I need to beat Alpha. <laughs> That's definitely a great incentive to get it done. In Can there. you imagine? So I want to give this to Wingnung Boo Boo. <laughs> I hope she beats Alpha in the Fight Big Championship. On DraftKings, you're going to end up getting Marvin Vittori, the favorite, at 8,800 against Robertson, 7,400. Oh, I can't afford anyone. This is more spread out than the initial DraftKings lines. I thought this was much closer. I'm thinking that same narrative we see with the weight cut is playing a role because, again, this was like not as big as minus 205 for Vittori. So a lot of people seeing what we see here. I'm going to be ultra low weight on it, but it's only Vittori, no Robertson in this spot at all for me. So then we move on to the headlining bout of the night. This one has been on the tip of everyone's tongue. Everyone's been aching for this one at 125. We're seeing the number two fighter, three fighter in the world against the number 17 Cynthia Calvillo, we got Jessica the Evil Eye in here coming in at 15 and 7, winning her last bout, coming off of that to Viviana Arujo in a decision five months ago where I had Arujo prior to that losing to Shevchenko in a knockout of the year contender, being on the losing side of that, as we all remember beautifully. Calvillo being 8 and 1. On a three-fight winning streak, her last one being a majority decision, which was overturned due to a weed. She popped for that marrow. <laughs> so, I want to say she's got uh, pain tolerance uh, through the roof. <laughs> but definitely. No black mom. Exactly. Her, Gastelum, Sehudo, all of them. All of them are on it. It's just bullshit she did it. Yeah. Exactly. They all know. But... Cavillo's only loss being to Esparza in a decision. Uh, I think her last bout's going back and watching him. Beating Botello means nothing. Nothing. But uh, against Casey, that was a little more telling. It was a decision. But when she went 0-7, 0-6 takedowns against Casey, who's not notoriously good at takedown defense. And then last, that decision against Rodriguez. I had Rodriguez in that thinking that she was going to win that. Ultimately, she did win that, but my DraftKings didn't reflect it at the time. I'm just saying, I was right. I knew she was on weed. I should have got that damn 30 points. But either way, Cavillo tends to have to get it on the ground. Striking has gotten better, but she's one of these ladies that we've talked about. They come in as submission artists. They get one good striking bout, and they're like, 
I'm a striker, motherfuckers. And then all of a sudden, when they fight real strikers, it's a much dicier fight. It's much closer. Once they can't get it to the ground, it definitely turns into something a bit different. Cavillo also going into an EBI grappling bout. It was an EBI. Let me do where was my research here. It was a quintet. Quintet bout where she fought, where she grappled Danielle Kelly and was submitted in 17 seconds via ankle lock. So there's levels to the ground game. She's not going to probably see that high of level of jiu-jitsu against her opponent here in Jessica I, but Jessica I has been a long-standing grappler. She likes to sprawl and brawl. Keep it up striking. She's been at that, uh, what is that uh, team over there with Steve Miocic? The gym that works on the training. Um, Strong they, style? It is Strong Style Gym, but it's attached to the infamous um, Jameson. No, it's not. I can't think of it. Krause. People are going to kill me. No, he, he's a weightlifter specifically that revolutionized weightlifting supposedly um, by reading a Russian book and just applying Russian methods to americans but either way jessica i has definitely shown a lot more power a lot of power cleans essentially i can tell you the workouts a lot more power cleans a lot of squats and she's sitting in her punches because they're getting power in there and it's true jessica i has shown more power as of late in her uh last bouts but uh her cardio has definitely been better against derujo she really showed her gas tank showing she showed that she could keep it where she wanted to striking and outstruck a I would say better striker in Arujo. I think Cavillo. Fuck, man. I have Cavillo because initially I'm thinking, hey, Cavillo's gonna get into the ground and mop up Jessica I on the ground. But Jessica I is hard to take down, and she is serviceable striking. And you know, I hate World Winning Federation as far as fight big championships. I love him as a person, but it's his number one fighter for a reason. She's a sneaky beast, and this is. A split, dirty split decision written all over it. I'm talking myself out of a decision, Cavillo. I don't think the takedown's coming. I think she loses striking and hit this bout. Oh, 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 I'm going to need a shower after the podcast. Give me Jessica I decision. I don't even like saying that in a five-rounder. It's easy for me to say because I have already been transformed and I have no problem when Jessica High is far better of a fighter everywhere. There's nowhere Cynthia Cavillo is a better fighter than Jessica High. There the is absolutely no. nowhere. Not the she doesn't have the strength. She doesn't have the size. She doesn't have the subs. She doesn't have the wrestling. Doesn't have the striking. Doesn't have the camp. She ain't got shit. Maybe I've been a Cavillo hater, but I'm usually, I've been right, I feel like, the whole time. She beats subpar competition when she wins. Everybody's been trying to push her because she had this little badass Diaz attitude, but she kept that badass Diaz attitude, and she can't lose humbly. And, you know, I think she, the way Jessica I is, Jessica I talks shit in there. And I think as she starts winning and starts handling the grappling exchanges, and uh, she's going to be the far stronger woman. We've watched Jessica I from, like, 1990s Jessica Jessica I, not that far back, but Jessica I, when she was all soft-bodied to the ripped person she is now, fitting perfectly at 125, um, her grappling exchanges have got that that much better, her uh, hands have gotten that much better, I think she... uh, 
easily handles Cavillia. I think she stuffs her takedowns a few times, and then I think she can take her down at will, ground and pound her at will. So the question will be is how much damage there will be. Cavillia will not win around, in my opinion, and wow. I think there won't. It will be how much until Cavillo gives up. But Jessica, I will be talking shit the whole time. She's that kind of fighter. And Cavillo will be so pissed. I could, when what you're saying, is it like where Jessica I has four of the five rounds and then Cavillo's pissed when she walks out. How did I lose that? When it's like, no, you legitimately lost that fight. Everyone saw it and you lost it. Right, four out of the five rounds yeah, you probably lost. Yeah. So I just have IKO uh, round four. I could even move that up to round three um i want to see him at stare downs i am pretty sure that jessica i is going to be the far larger and better shape woman with the stronger better build body and i think again there's levels to this game and jessica i you know she gets a lot of hate or whatever but as eve she's a very dangerous person and her game has gotten a lot better uh give me jessica i okay oh round four she did miss weight for her last bout by five pounds they are fighting at 25. Do you think that's a factor here at weigh-ins? This is put together in about three, four weeks. This is so silly for me. I could even see that both camps are smart enough, and they probably already have this in the bag. The one camp's going to contact the other camp around midnight, and we're going to see this as a catch weight at 130. 30? Yep. I could even see that. Interesting. Because they're both habitual. Like, Jessica I isn't a habitual weight weight miss. No, she's not. Something happened to her. I can't remember what. She probably put on muzzle. No, she said something else, like, and she really apologized about it afterward. And, but, uh, yeah, if they're both going to (laughs) miss. It's almost bad who misses by more. Oh, it is such a dirty, dirty, dirty fight. It is minus 110, minus 110, the epitome of a coin flip. I mean, everybody's absolutely split on this. Rightfully so. Definitely the biggest step up in competition Cavillo has had. We here have a long-reigning feud with Jessica I. And at 8,300, she's got to be the play in here, I feel like. Ah, no, I got to play both of them at 7-9 for Cavillo. Camellia's overrated. She's one of the first hype hype trains that UFC tried to push. Well, there's quite a few of those. But do you think um, you could stack this? This is a five-rounder. We could see a decision here. A lot of volume. Hell no, I'm telling you, it's one gonna be. It's one just side. Jessica. Yeah, I don't think a video's gonna lay off a whole bunch. I think Jessica's gonna get inside every time she wants to get inside. I don't think this fight stays at distance. And then what right. you're saying is Cavillo's gonna be better at distance. <laughs> That's such a crazy. So then you're relying on Cavillo's distance game. That's not gonna happen. Both women are you're more right. comfortable on the inside. Um, and then to say this, I already think Jessica I is gonna handle it. Every round, Cavillo is known for shitty cardio. Jessica I is known for good cardio. So every round past three, it's it's Jessica I it's it just lock. takes it. Yeah, definitely eight thousand three hundred is gonna be worth all of the spoils there if you're getting any type of long-standing five-rounder in there. So it is gonna be I. I'm gonna take one or two stabs. <gasps> but I can see I choking under the pressure more than Cavillo. There's a reason she blocked this. Cavillo's mad. 
She, there, she's mad. There's a reason she blocked Maybe us. Maybe she got the negativity out of her life. <laughs> <laughs> we were haters. <laughs> we were. We gave her love and she didn't take it off. Her friends didn't tell her to listen back to Lab B. But here, we're just trying to make that money. Ain't nothing against you, girl. Yeah, just nothing to, to do. We were, we're sorry we picked Shevchenko again. <laughs> but we no. were anyone who... We've been Ryder Dice Shevchenko before anyone knew who she was. Sure. But it's also that... Uh, I mean, been before anyone was do, on it. Do you think Chef? Do you think Joe Rogan likes Jessica? <laughs> he's probably like this is what I really think with Joe Rogan he's probably like what the fuck am I going to talk to Jessica I about for three Dang, hours what? Henry Cejudo Su- made it on before Come on, I who's enjoyed been? the Henry Cejudo episode did absolutely you? haven't listened to it yet I'm waiting <laughs> I got so much other MMA I had to prepare for the show like I had to do uh, yeah. these but it's right in the back of my because he's retired so I'm like okay just fucking that's it's just he said he'd come back for enough money of course me too do you know he's on any of them. Volkanovski. Love it. Oh, I didn't know that. It. I didn't see that. I love, love it. that fight. That, love I it. called for that forever ago. I'm like, that's love the next it. fight I want to see. Could you see him beating Volkanovski? That's a no. And I've we, I've had Cejudo on both of them. On both of his underdogs. His last you know, two. Can you see him beating Max Holloway? I can see him beating I can Max. see him beating Max and I can see him beating Volkanovski. Oh, I don't know about Volk, but I can see him beating Max. Yeah. Woo! That's definitely been a great show. Yeah. Not the greatest cards. Definitely just have fun. Make some, wait for the next week. We got a fun one coming up right around the corner. UFC is definitely putting on, especially with the, all of these bouts signed in. Yes, if you know what I'm saying. Ah, oh, the fight island in the in the sand. Island in the sand. When's that happening? I yeah. think for the next few months, yeah. I don't know if those are officially international fights. We fight will for sure see you guys Wednesday. And we'll keep you abreast of the Absolutely. situation. And Fights of the Roundtable. Oh, yeah. Make sure you're listening to the Fights of the Roundtable if you're geeky and you're up late. Or check it out at any time. It is kind of hard to find on the YouTube. But um, on Twitter, we're all tweeting it out and everything. So um, you can find it at, I think it's... Uh, fights round at fights round and so we'll tweet out the streams and i know you can go over to ricky at mma marks and he also streams it out on his twitch channel so always to find it you can find it if you do some work so thanks for listening you guys be safe let me